anyhow, let's pray over the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we love your word, Father, that brings life and deliverance, Father. We thank you uh, for your word that is forever settled in heaven. And, and we just we thank you for the power in your word tonight. And I thank you for revelation knowledge that flows through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, you know, we've had some, some busy times. We've had Pastor Tommen and Mark Hankins. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you get up following after those guys, you're like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> what do we have? <laughs> what do we have here? But, uh, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you're praying, you're seeking God, and sometimes things can get muddled, you know? And I was just, it was early in the morning. I was sitting, I was just talking to God, and I, and I just... I, I was just like, I said, I said, Lord, I don't even know where to start today. You know, you have all your different areas of prayer. And I said, and, and I'm telling you, it was as clear as day. I was just praying in the Spirit. I said, I don't, know, I don't even know where to start. I just, you know. And, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said this to me. And you might question whether it's the Holy Spirit because Pastor said, I don't know if the Holy Spirit uses that word, but I think he does. He said, make your list, believe God, and fight like hell. <laughs> and I'm telling you, sometimes he uses words that minister to us. You know, we, have a, we all have a certain language that's something that'll get something going in us or something that'll tick something off with us. And so I just, I begin to... Uh, uh, seek the Lord about, you know, that. And, and he just began to encourage me to increase my faith. It was time to increase. It's time to increase in our faith. And I know a lot of people are not activating their faith. They love God. They're in church. They'll even pray, but they're not praying in faith. There's not a focused Faith, and that's what we're titling this, Focused Faith, getting our, our faith focused on the things that we want to see happen. Amen? And it, it is vital. It's necessary. I believe it's mandatory, amen, that we learn to stay in faith, to remain focused on God's promises, and not allow anything in the world to distract us, because distraction is a big thing. Amen? If we, if we want to advance, if we want to see the manifestations of God's promises in our life, it requires staying in faith. You cannot get away from it. Everything that we believe, the, 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 you know, believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord takes faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, the majority of us have not seen heaven. We have not seen Jesus, but we believe and we confess that he is Lord. Is that not true? And it requires remaining focused on what God has promised us. And then it requires never allowing ourselves to become distracted. And honestly, I believe that is a major problem in the body of Christ. We get distracted. We can come up with a million reasons. We, we get distracted by busyness. We get distracted by the news. We get, you know, there are people in the body of Christ that believe more in, in, in CNN and Fox News than they, they do in the word of God. We get distracted by fear. We get distracted by our businesses. We get distracted by life on this earth. And we can move ahead like a turtle in this earth and just do everything in our own hands and everything. And we can do a lot of stuff. We, we're, we're, we're smart people. I'm not saying that like, you know, to put a pat on your butt. We're smart people. God gave us a brain. We can do a lot of things in the natural. But I'll tell you what, when you have focused faith, it changes everything. It changes, you, you, you know, God gives you wisdom beyond what you can imagine. There are dreams, there are visions that people have in their heart, but they're not in faith. And we're all trying to work so hard with our hands, with our mind, with our thoughts, and not God's thoughts. Amen? 
Distractions are one of Satan's mightiest weapons. We talk about that a little bit. If he can distract you, he can deceive you. If he can deceive you, he can beat you. Amen? And distractions are how he robs us of God's best. I heard somebody say this. They had a motivational speaker come in, and, 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 they, said, and, and they said, how many of you, I, you know what? I don't remember what it is, so I'm not going to share it, but it, it's just coming up in me. Let's see if I can remember that thought. I don't have it in my notes. But it had to do with dogs loving bones. Oh, yeah, that's what he said. He said, how many of you know that dogs love bones? How many of you know that dogs love bones? How many of you know that dogs love steak? Dogs love steak, but they just put up with bones. That's what he said. We love some things, but we just put up with maybe not the best. Amen? 1 John 5, 4 says this. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And so many people are not activating it. They're not walking in it. They love it. They hear it. They know it's true. But I bet you if I could look at their prayer notebooks, they're not really believing God, going before God daily and talking about their faith, believing God. Let's look, let's look at uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 31. God deals with me all the time. There's big things. There's things we have to do. The work that we have to do here, all of us, the move that we have to make, it's going to take some big faith. It's going to take some big faith. We, we can't mess around with this. I talk to God about it all the time. I talk to God. You know, one of the greatest, uh, 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 I would say, I don't want to call it a burden, but I, it feels like that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we're behind. I, we always feel like we're running behind a little bit. And honestly, folks, we, we do need to have our Christian schools. But it's going to take, you know, I'm talking to God about it. I, I, you know, I talk to him a lot about that. He said, get your faith on it. Get your faith on it. Don't give me all the reasons why you need it. I already know that. Get your faith on it. Amen? But look what Paul said. Look, look at, look, let's look at uh, Luke, Jesus, um, Luke 22, 31, what Jesus said to Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to have all of you and to sift you like wheat. Now, that word sift means to extract something, to remove something. And Jesus said to Simon, Satan desires to have you so that he can extract something from you. And that's true with us as well. The reason Satan attacks us is so that he can extract something from us that is dangerous to him. You have something on the inside of you, and that is a threat to the adversary. Now, notice here, Jesus said he desire, Satan desires to, he wants to sift you as wheat. Now, I've heard people talk about growing up on farms, and, and they talk about uh, combines, and they would have, these combines would have a sifter. A sifter, it, it would sift wheat. And a sifter is a mechanism, some of you might know this, that causes the wheat to become fine grain or fine flour, okay? And so that sifter, it, it goes through and it causes the grain to become fine flour, and, uh, and it has to do that. But that combine, when it is sifting the wheat, it has a forceful, vibrating motion to shake that loose a forceful, vibrating motion to shake that loose. That's what Jesus is describing here. He's saying, Satan desires to shake everything I put in you, Peter, until it comes out of you. And we say God is no respecter of persons, but let me tell you, neither is Satan. And he desires to 
to sift us, to shake everything in us, to, to, take, to get out of us what God has put in us. Why would that be important for Satan? Because if you have no word in you, then you have no faith in you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you're not operating in faith, if you don't care about the word, Satan doesn't care about you. But if you, we're going to do great things for the kingdom of God, we're going to have to put some faith on it. Amen? And even in our personal lives. He said, Jesus said that Satan desires to have you. He desires to have us. He desires to sift us as we, to extract something out that is dangerous to his operation. We are dangerous when we're walking by faith, and that is the only time that we're dangerous to Satan. When we know our authority, when we're walking by faith, we become dangerous to what he's doing. Amen? Or what he's trying to do in our life. So what was it that Simon had in him that Satan was trying to sift? He said, Satan's trying to sift you, Simon, but I've prayed for you. What was it? What was he trying to sift out? Well, it's obvious in the next verse. Look at this, Luke 23, 32. He said, Jesus said, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your what? That your faith would not fail. That your faith would not fail. So when you have, uh, so he says, so when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen and build up your brothers. He was trying to, he said, I've prayed. He's, he's telling Satan that he wants to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed that your faith would not fail. We're told that faith moves, moves mountains, amen? That this is the victory that overcomes the world, the world, even our faith. Every blessing in the Bible is received by faith. Every single blessing, every, every prayer is, that is answered. It's, it's, it's faith that connects to God. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what moves God. Not our crying, not our complaining, not our, you know, just, it just, but it is faith that moves God. A lot of times when we're crying and complaining and trying to figure out things, usually God will speak to us to get our act together or give us a word to get us back on our faith. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hebrews, the chapter, chapter 11, it talks, it's, it's talking about what our faith will produce, about pleasing God and so forth. So we are doing our best to develop our faith. Now, we see the scripture where we see Jesus is praying that, that, that Peter's faith won't fail. Now, let's look at the original Greek content of this statement when he said, I prayed that your faith would not fail. It was a great insight when I heard this. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so good. Where Jesus says, I pray that your faith fail not, the Greek says, I pray that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Wow. I pray that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. How many Christians, how many people that are, you know, that, that, that are serving God, that love God, uh, their faith is inactive. Their faith to go to heaven is active, but their faith on, you know, on many other things is, is inactive. He said, I pray that your faith this is what the Greek originally says that Jesus said, I pray that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Faith doesn't fail, but it can be reduced to inactivity. Amen? And we hear it all the time, and we think, well, it's, it's okay. We don't all, we'll all have to walk by faith. We don't. The Bible is so strong on this. God said, faith is what pleases me. When you step out on the water, when you step out in, in areas, I, I, you know, everything that we've ever, ever, ever seen uh, the blessing on has been when we've stepped out on faith into the blessing. Amen? Once you step into the blessing, the blessing flows. Satan is always going to be there to steal the blessing or to steal the word. Amen? What would cause someone's faith? To be reduced to inactivity, one thing is not operating in faith. But a lot of times, a lot of people are trying to operate their faith. 
They get started, they get on fire, they write things down. But distractions, focusing more on what everyone else says, focusing on what the media says, focusing on what the world says and thinks, focusing on what, un, what, what unbelieving believers say. You know what an unbelieving believer is? There's believers that don't believe in faith. I don't know how they get into heaven if they don't believe in faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. One translation says the just shall sustain their life by faith. So focusing on what unbelieving believers say rather than what the word of God says, if we keep doing that, then eventually our faith is going to become inactive. Amen? Just like, you know, just like the, the scriptures on sowing and reaping. If, if you're not reaping, if you're not sowing, then whose fault is it that you're not reaping? And then people say, well, you know, I've been sowing, but I'm not, but, 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 but I'm not reaping, Pastor Judy. Okay, then you gave up on your seed when you took your faith off of it. Because if you say I'm sowing and I'm not reaping, there is no faith in that. It's important to speak out the word of God. It's important to make it our main language. We need to be speaking the, the word of faith all the time, not just in our little prayer time. We need to be thinking and speaking and focusing on our faith. And we can do that. You say, well, you know, we, we don't have time. Sure you do. Uh, you know, I get, I'm, I'm tired of this. People say, well, you know, I, I just I don't have time and I don't, I'm so busy. And, I, you know, and I, I'll give them a little faith devotional that just takes like two minutes and 30 seconds to read. Oh, I don't have time to read that. I'll just press play and listen to it. You know, just whatever, you know. That's just a lie from the enemy. The enemy will keep you busy to keep your faith inactive. It'll keep your faith inactive. He'll work at, keeping, at getting you, taking, uh, taking your faith even out off the seed. So many people, they have given, and, and God has promised us 30, 60, 100-fold. How many are believing for the 100-fold? It said, now in this earth, in this life, just meditate on it a little bit. Just look it up. People don't want to get into radical faith. People, people, people want to see us like, let's just be poor Christians. Let's never talk about God's promises of prosperity. Let's be poor and sick and let's just whatever. But that's not God's will. Listen, Jesus was so rich on the earth. He was not poor. Why in heaven's name would they cast lots for his clothes? Man, he probably had the most expensive clothes of that day. I don't know what they are today, but I need to start going to the expensive stores and looking at the names of those clothes. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've always been an eBay person as far as uh, a seller over the years. And I've known from experience that unless you can put a name next, if you're selling clothing, Unless you can put a name next to that clothing, they don't even look at what you're selling. Anyhow, that's my experience, you know? You, you gotta put something like Calvin Klein or, or I don't know, I don't, I don't remember all the names right now, but you, you, you gotta just, and, and, and or when my son and I, we used to, we used to go to, um, we, he loved doing this, we used to, and he made a lot of money. He's got this entrepreneur spirit. And even when he was young, he used, we used to go to all the thrift stores. Him and I, we, we went through everything, and we would find all the Abercrombie and Fitch clothes. And we would find all the cool stuff that, that young, and he would give me the list. Look for this, and look for that, and you know, so we'd be there. And we made so much money. We made a living on that. That's how we lived. You know? God wants us to have the best, amen? So notice here, Jesus praying that Simon's faith will not become inactive because inactive faith is not producing anything. And one of the major reasons why Christians allow their faith to become inactive is they become distracted. 
We're distracted with busyness. We're distracted with worries. We're distracted with cares. We're, it doesn't mean that we don't work and we don't eat and we don't do the things, but we just, we, we just, we say that we, there's so much in the word of God about the cares of this world and the cares of this life and the worries and the things that we do because God doesn't want us to have our, our minds, our, our thoughts, our, our voice on the cares and the worries of this world. He wants us to have them on the word of God because it'll turn all of that around. Amen? So they're, 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 we, we start focusing on other things. In the book of Proverbs, it says, let your eyes look right on. Let's, let's look at this in Proverbs 4.20 through 25. I'm going to read them in two different translations because they're both so good. I'm really cold. I know we turned the air off, but it sure seems cold in here. Yeah. I told him to turn it off earlier, but I'm like, <laughs> an act of faith. <laughs> Can I get these words out? <laughs> Yeah, your faith is working. <laughs> I'm usually never cold, but but I'm cold right now. Hallelujah. Anyhow, Vinny, can you edit that part? <laughs> Proverbs 4:20 through 25 says, "Wasn't that a great message this morning? If you weren't here, you need to listen to it, man. It's just on communion and on the blood. I mean, you got to listen to that." Anyhow, Proverbs 4, 20 through 25, let's go. My son, give attention or pay attention. How many of you have ever said to your kids, pay attention? You're talking to them, and they're not paying attention. Now, m my kids didn't grow up with cell phones, and they still didn't pay attention. These days, they got there like, you know, they're looking at whatever they're looking at. But anyhow, God is saying to us, pay attention, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes. This, you know, we read this, but we, do you really see what God is saying here? He's saying, don't get distracted. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Not just once in a while, not just a knowledge of it, but living by it. For they are life to those who find them. They're health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. I like that. Diligence. Keep it with diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life and put away from you a deceitful mouth. Because let me tell you, if your eyes are not on the word of God and you're not hearing and giving attention to him, you're not going to say what God says about you. You're going to have a deceitful mouth. I don't have enough. I'm really sick. I can't do this. It's going to deceive you. And it says, and put perverse lips from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Let's look at the New Living Translation. It says, pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. For they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meanings. You're not going to get a meaning just on a Sunday night service. You might get a revelation here and there. But you're going to get... Meaning, when you spend time in God's word, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do, everything you do. Avoid all perverse talk. I love this. God just covers everything. He covers your mind. He covers your heart. He covers your mouth. Stay far from corrupt speech. I believe in the eyes of God when we're declaring things that are not the word of God, that's corrupt speech. I don't think he's just talking about curse words. I know nobody in here ever does that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use the word hell a lot, trust me. But I remember when my kids were growing up and I said it. I, I, I don't know what I said, but I, I can't remember in what vein I said it. But I said the word hell. And my, my five-year-old son said, oh, you swore. I said, I didn't swear. You said hell, hell is a swear. It's like, okay, I'm not going to say that anymore. 
So see, the Holy Spirit knew what to say to me this week. <laughs> Fight like hell. Amen. But it says, mark out, look at this, mark out a straight path for your feet, then stick to the path and stay safe. We get started in faith. We get on fire. I mean, sometimes we hear a message on faith and we're ready to run around the sanctuary or, or, or I don't know, just bite somebody's head off. I mean, we just get stirred up. But then we go out to the parking lot and we find out we have a flat tire. And we're like, because oh. the devil's always trying to bust your bubble and steal your joy. Amen? But it says, stick to the path, stay safe, and don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. Don't get stuck. Be careful what you look at, what you listen to, because your eyes and your ears are the gateway to your heart. We got to get serious about faith. Not just, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, just, oh, it's great. I, I love listening. I, lo I love listening to the men of faith. But what, what, what's happening in your home? Are you preaching faith in your home? Are you speaking it in your home? Are you declaring it when you're right? When we, 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 that's all, when we drive in our car, when we're at home, I, sometimes I drive past it crazy because I love the word and I love faith. But that's all we talk about. You know? We're just always like, you know, it, there'll, just, there'll just be moments in our house. We'll follow each other around. Hey, did you, we'll have our phone. Hey, hey did you see the scripture? See, oh wow! That, oh yeah, that's good, you know. And and we just we love the word. But if we don't take those scriptures that we get in those moments and those revelations and do something with them, it's just a revelation for a moment. It was just made us feel good. We gotta act on the word. We gotta do something with it. We need to speak what God has said. Amen. Whatever you see, whatever you hear, gets in your heart. And if it gets in your heart, it starts coming out of your mouth. You are releasing power in your words and you can have what you say, good or bad, according to Mark eleven twenty three. Amen? So distractions, back to distractions. A distraction is detrimental to your faith. It may not look like it at the moment. Um, you know, sometimes you're just like, well, I was watching the evening news and uh, COVID's coming back and we got to get vaccinated again. And, and you know, we, we just, you know, uh, and, you know, before you know it, you're not believing God for your health. Everybody's losing their jobs. We got to get the shot or we don't, we won't, we can't work. You know, I mean, I mean, just whatever you believe, you know, if, if, if you listen to the news, you're going to be sick, you're going to be poor, you know, you can't listen to them. You got to speak to your checkbook. You got to speak to your finances. You got to speak to your, your businesses. You got to speak to your home and situation. When we start, when things start going, when the opposite, you need to see, you need to check out your faith. Amen? And sometimes it can get pretty intense. Sometimes it can get pretty intense. Let me ask you this. I was thinking about this. I just don't, I'm losing my notes, but anyhow. I was thinking about Peter. How many of you know Peter was a fisherman? And how many of you know that Peter, that fishermen, the one thing they know how to do besides fish is they know how to swim, right? So when Jesus called Peter out on that water and Peter started walking, but he got his eyes off of Jesus, faith got him out on the water, and then he fell in the, and he fell and he was drowning. And, I, and I, I was reading that and I thought, why would he be drowning? He knows how to swim. He's a fisherman. But you know what? Sometimes the storms, that storm had to be pretty bad for Peter to look up and say, Lord, save me. 
And the devil, will, the enemy will come in and he'll test your faith. And storms will come. But if you'll speak the word in the midst of the storm, you will see the hand of God come. And he will deliver your situ in your situation. He will deliver. And I'm telling you, it's, 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 not, it's not easy. Now, Peter, you look at Peter. I think it's interesting that just a few hours later when Jesus uh, was taken and Peter's outside the courts and, and this little maiden comes up to him and says, uh, aren't you one of his followers, Peter? Aren't you one of his followers? No, no, I, I don't even know the man. Jesus already warned him before the crow crows that he was going to deny him three times. He's like, he's like, no. And she's asking him over and over. He goes, no, no. I, 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 you know. But Jesus, when Jesus said, when Jesus said, Peter, he said, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said to Jesus, he said, I would never do that, Peter. Maybe James and John would do that, but I would never do that. I will never deny you, Peter, Jesus. I will never deny you. But that little maiden came up, and, she, and he was intimidated. He was afraid. Fear will cause you not to be in faith. He was afraid. He was intimidated. His faith was reduced to inactivity at that time. Because let me tell you, Jesus had just talked to Peter. He just told him he, he was going to pray. You read the chat. It goes right into that. But you know what happens when you hear a message like this and you're ready? Satan comes immediately. Maybe you hear a message on blessing. Maybe you hear a message on, on healing. Satan comes immediately. Jesus told us. He said, I'm telling you, Satan is going to come immediately and try to steal the word. That is the way to sift us. Get that word out of him. Don't let it take root. He comes immediately because he doesn't want to see our faith come to fruition because that destroys him. Amen? Amen. Reducing the activity of your faith is detrimental because it doesn't position us to experience the blessings of God. God's trying to get blessings to us, but if our faith is inactive, we're not seeing the blessings. A lot of us has, have seen drip, drip, drip. But I'm convinced we haven't really seen the blessing of God yet. Amen. Amen. God is, he said, when I come to the earth, you remember the woman with the, with the unjust judge? And finally, you know, he gave her what she wanted. But Jesus said in that portion of scripture, he said, when I come to the earth, he said, will I find faith in the earth, he said. Will I find faith? Did I give you guys that scripture? I don't know if I did or not. Will I find faith in the earth? Are we on the earth? God's looking for faith. Amen? Let's look at 1 Timothy 6.12. A few more things here. I remember when, when we first started that church, this, our church and we, Dave DeMola, he was really our first guest speaker, wasn't he? He was a pastor in New Jersey, pastored a big church, pastored a, pastored a church in um, Florida. He's now with the Lord, and uh, he's a, he was a lot older than us. But I remember when he came, anybody remember Dave DeMola? He was actually pastor, Jonathan Del Turco's um, pastor. And uh, anyhow, he, he was so awesome, but every time we seen him, every time we picked him up, he had earbuds in his ear. And he told Pastor Ed and I, he said, I listen to the word day and night. I listen to the word day and night. I always listen to the word. I always, you got to keep it going in. If you're going to use your faith, if you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to keep the word going. You're going to have to keep your eyes focused. I remember hearing um, a, a minister talk about, um, he, he was, he, he, I can't remember the whole story exactly, but um, um he was, he had a ministry in Africa, and everything, everything was going wrong, everything, like, they were, they were, they were stealing his, the money, they were, they were, he lived here, but it was a missionary, a mission in Africa, and he said he, he was flying over to Africa, and he didn't want to go, everything in him was like, Lord, why do I have to go, why do I have to fix this, or he was really complaining, but he was made of faith, but while he was, he, he, he went, 
I guess you have to go through Hawaii to get to Africa. That's kind of nice, right? But anyhow, or something, I don't know. But he, he was in a hotel, and he heard that Kenneth Hagin was in, Kenneth and Aretha Hagin was in the hotel across the way. And so he said he was going to buy them a gift because it was like their 50th anniversary or something like that. And so he, 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 um, he was going to, he came out of his room, he was going to the store, he was going to buy them a gift, but when he came downstairs, there was Kenneth and, and, and Aretha Hagen in, his, in the hotel lobby, and he was just surprised to see them at his hotel, and uh, they, he went over, and they, they knew who he was, and he knew who they were, and he said, hey, how you doing, and, and, um, and, uh, and, and, he, and, he, and he said, what, what, Kenneth Hagen said, we just came over to this hotel because we're doing people watching today. We watched all the people in the other lobby, so now we're coming over to watch people over in this lobby. And so he asked him how he was doing, and he said he couldn't believe the words that came out of his mouth. He, they were the most negative. He said, Kenneth Hagen. And so he's like, he's like, you know, this is happening, and I, and I don't know where I'm going, and, and, and we're losing money, and, and they're, they're destroying the mission, and he's just going on. And so Kenneth Hagen answers him, and he starts going. He goes, well, you know, let me tell you what happened to me on August 11th, 1948. Da-da-da-da, starts down giving him this, this, this message of faith. And, he, and then he goes, in 1950, and Aretha goes, I think you need to sit because we're only on 1952, and, and we're going to get to probably 1986. I think this was in 1986. And so, you know, he said that he said when he got done hearing those faith stories, he was ready. He could have been transported in the spirit. He was ready to go and fight. He was ready, and he was talking about that's the importance of hearing the word of God. We have to because it puts a fight in us. It puts that fight like hell. Amen? Amen. And so let's look at this in uh, 1 Timothy 6.12. Let me see. I know I'm trying to, to, to get this going, to get this done. I don't know how much more I have, but anyhow. Uh, it says, the apostle Paul's telling Timothy. Now, Timothy is Paul's spiritual son, and he's given him instructions. If you read the book of Timothy, first and second, he's given Timothy is a young pastor. He's given him all kinds of instructions. And a lot of these instructions are for the body of Christ. And he says to Timothy, he says, fight the good fight for what we believe. And then he says, hold tightly to the eternal life that God has given you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. He tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Some of you need to get the books out that stirred you up in the beginning. Some of you need to go back and listen to messages that brought faith and hope when you first heard it. Amen? And listen to them again and again and allow them to do for you what they did for you the first time you heard them. Amen? A lot of times people are looking for the next message or the cutting edge or the cutting edge something. But you need to listen to faith and build your faith. Amen? How many of you remember the first time you heard faith? Did an explosion take place on the inside of you? Amen. Some people, some of you, you, when you came here, you're like, we never heard anything like this before. We never heard this message before. You know? That's why God sent us back here. For you. Amen? For you. Hallelujah. I don't ever want my faith to become inactive again and we you know just as pastors there's no respect of persons we have to work our faith just like you have to work your faith and there are times our faith becomes inactive in certain areas and, and the holy spirit's like you know stop complaining about that and fix it how do you fix it you fix it by faith so if you're struggling with something tonight maybe your dream isn't coming together as fast as you thought it would maybe maybe you're you're a dream is a, a, a singer or an artist, a teacher, a minister, a broadcaster, who knows, a sports player or, 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 or a minister of the gospel. I, I don't know. Maybe your health isn't what it should be. Maybe your finances aren't what it should be. You know, you can go, like I said, like a turtle the world's way, or you can get your faith active over those situations, even your family situations, even with your children. Somehow we think it needs to be a slow process, but I believe... If we make our list, 
find the scriptures and fight like hell, we'll see things a lot quicker than what we're seeing. We'll see our businesses explode. We'll see our family change. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's look at this uh, scripture. I think I'm getting to the last portion of scriptures. 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19. Go back up here. Hallelujah. Is it behind me? Can you see it? 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19. You can just go ahead and put it up in the message. I know I had a lot of different translations, but I'm just going to read it in the message tonight. It says, and it, Paul is talking to Timothy. He said, I'm passing this work on to you, my son Timothy. The prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this. All those prayers are coming together now, so you will do this well. Fearless in your struggle. Everybody has a struggle at one time or another. But we don't let the struggle define who we are. We let faith is the victory define who we are. And he says in verse 19, he says, he says, do this well, fearless in your struggle, keeping a firm grip on your faith. We got to get a firm grip on our faith. It's not just like a, a piece of candy that tastes good for a minute and all that was satisfying. We got to work it. We have to work our faith, amen? Keep a firm grip on your faith and on yourself. After all, this is a fight we're in. That's what he tells Timothy. We're, this is a fight, you know? There, there, and then he goes on, there are some you know who by relaxing their grip and thinking anything goes have made a thorough mess of their faith. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Man, that's powerful. In the King James Version, it says, holding faith. Keep a strong grip of your faith. See, if you release it or allow it to become inactive, then you'll wind up, the Bible calls, with shipwreck faith. Being shipwrecked. Amen? The message translation is so good in this. We don't want to make a mess out of, out of our faith. How do I avoid shipwreck? How do I avoid making a mess? Here's how you do it. You keep a firm grip on your faith. This is not the time to let go of your faith. You're going to need your faith more now than you have ever needed it before. Just take a look at the world right now. It's, it's, it's crazy. And everybody has their opinion. And everybody has their own opinion. You know, um, there's even different opinions in churches. And you, you can't be getting into arguments and, 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 and debating and all of this. You know what you believe. You go for what you believe. You fight the fight of faith. You step into it. You step into it with everything that is in you. You make a list. You believe God and you fight like hell. And we're going to talk about that for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about, we're going to get focused on our faith. What are you believing for? You know, some people don't believe for anything anymore. Some people just, you know, I, I get so impressed. And, and I know, you know, Pastor Tom and Maureen, they're, they're, they're up there in years right now. But I am so impressed. Pastor Tom, they're always believing for the next level. They're, you know, you should see the house they live in. But they, but they use their faith. And then they're, 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 they're talking to us. They go, oh, we're going we're gonna to sell this. And, and we're going we're gonna to buy a different house. Like, like, like they work on their finances. They believe God. They put the word. They work on their health. They speak the word of God into their lives. They're such great examples. And we need good examples in the body of Christ. Amen? Don't we? And Mark and Trina. Look at this, 1 Timothy 4.15. The Apostle Paul's talking to uh, Timothy still, and he says, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. One translation says, Give yourself entirely to them, so that your what? Profiting. No, so that your profiting would appear to all. God wants our profiting God to appear to all. God wants our, our health to appear to all. He wants our, our blessing to appear to all. He wants our families to, to appear to all. 
you know, like, wow, look at, look at your families, look at your kids, look at, God is wanting, it's not that, not that we have to feel bad if things are, there's things in our family, all of our families that we, we're, we're putting our faith on. But he says you got to give yourself entirely. How serious are we? We need to get a hold of it like, God, no devil in hell is going to keep my kid from heaven. No devil in hell is going to keep me from the blessings of God. No devil in hell is going to keep me from my healing. We, you know, we need to get a little bit angry. A little bit feisty. I bet you get that way at home. Especially with some of your spouses. My sisters, I had to, ha- I had to get, I had to get Pastor Ed out of that. I said, Don't you receive that? When when we got married, my sisters would go around and say, "Cause I mean, we had six girls and one brother, and I'm telling you, we'd have knockout, yelling, screaming, whatever. It didn't matter. We just, but we, but we love each other. We just celebrated one of my sisters' 60th birthday yesterday, and we were all together, because my mother would kill us if we weren't together." But they would always say, poor Ed. Oh, how does he live with Judy? (laughs) Poor Ed. So we'd get in a fight, and I'd go, poor Ed. (laughs) I was too, I was too mean, I was too mean. But you know, what I'm trying to say is, God delivered me. Now I'm telling you the truth. This is what you got to think. Sometimes it's poor Judy. Because no. <laughs> you got to live with Pastor Ed. No. You didn't laugh as much as that one. Somehow you didn't believe that. But, you mean, I'm standing in the pulpit, you know. Anyhow, we got to get that fight in us. We got to get that mad knock down, drag out. If these blessings belong to me, I'm going after them. I'm going to have the best job. I'm going to own, own a business. I'm going to own that honeydew donut. I'm going to, I'm going to, whatever it, it needs. I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe, I'm going to get my house. I'm going to get my car. It's not about material things, but the blessings should be in our hand. I found out I've been poor and I've been blessed and it's a whole lot being blessed. And let me tell you why. Because when you're blessed, you're blessed to be a blessing and you're able to bless others. And I've been there when we had nothing, to, when we, we would give away whatever we did have, but we were, it wasn't a blessing. It wasn't much of a blessing. So let's get, let's get our faith focused. Let's start fighting. We'll, we'll, do, we'll start breaking it down, and hopefully I, I won't preach so long next week. But, but I, let, let, let's, let's get serious about our faith. Start listening to the messages. Go back and, and just stir up your face. Read the books that stirred you up. Go find that book that's, that's tore up, highlighted, whatever. Some of you haven't even done that because you haven't thought, well, how do we? Oh, it's Sunday night. Pastor Jesus is going to preach on faith again. Why can't you preach on holiness or this or that or whatever? Because people are going to believe God that aren't living right. They'll end up living right, trust me, if they start using their faith. I don't care how right we live, it's not going to get us into the promises of God. Faith is faith is. Amen? So where's my worship team? Can we sing the song that we, the last song we sang first? Am I throwing you off? The goodness of God? I want to sing the goodness of God. I want to sing that again. And, and maybe tonight, maybe you're struggling with something. I don't know what it is. You're struggling with your, your faith in a certain area. Maybe you're, you've been, you, you know that uh, you know, I, 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 maybe you, you need another place to live. Maybe you know that your business should be doing better. Maybe you know there's bigger dreams. 
I don't know, but you, you, you've just like, you've you just been kind of like, okay, you know, we're going along, you know. And uh, I, I want to pray for you. I want you to step out and say, you know, if, you, if you'll step out if you, tonight and say, I'm going to make a list. I'm going to believe God. And I'm going to fight like hell. I want you to get out of your seats and come up. I mean, let's go after what God has created for us and not for the devil. Amen? And his gang. There are, there are people, there are, there's, the, there's a mafia and pimps and prostitutes and, that are living better than we're living. But if we're, if we're living good, we can get them out of, their, out of what they're doing, can't we? Amen. Do you want? Do you want to move this over there, um, Ty? Hallelujah. Now listen. I know. I know with all of my heart that God is wanting you to step into a new level of faith. Because what He wants to do, not only in your personal life, He wants to do in the church. Because how would it be if the world, if the church was profiting to all? If the world saw the church as a good thing? You know, we're, we're, we're getting ready to bless families for Thanksgiving. We have about uh, uh, 20 families right now, maybe, maybe more, where we're going to be giving uh, gift cards so they could go shopping for their turkeys and things like that. And, uh, and, and we wait kind of like till Thanksgiving to do that. But, you know, there's people that have needs all year long. And you don't always have to wait to give it through a church. Amen. I remember Pastor Ed believing for a Kenneth Hagin Bible. Remember that, honey? And he didn't make, he didn't make peanuts. But he sowed a seed that night he gave all of his money it was it wasn't big what was it 20 bucks or something you don't remember but the bible had cost a hundred dollars which might as well have been a thousand dollars back then and uh that same night somebody walked up to him afterwards and put a hundred dollars in his hand and he was able to go out and buy that bible but he sowed it in faith You've given, you've given to the meetings, you've given into ministries that have taken the gospel all around the world. You've given into this ministry. Get a hold of what you sowed and start believing God for a mighty harvest. What would a hundredfold look like? And I'm saying that to knock out the religious spirits because everybody's like, well, I don't know, a hundredfold, you know, maybe I can believe for ten. We need to kick the doubt and unbelief out the door, and we just start need it. We need to fight like hell and get the promises of God manifested in our life. Amen? We need to pray things to open up for our kids. Our kids have plans and dreams, and the devil would try to close every door. No, let's start believing for them now. God will open every door. I want you to lift up your hands and bring your dream before God. And we're just going to go by and lay hands on you. you got a dream in your heart. Get a hold of it again. Get a hold of it. And then listen to stuff and read stuff. And get out here on Sunday nights and learn how to stay focused on your faith. Amen? Let's sing this song as we lay hands.